0: a lot of different unique situations i've put myself in and i think that's given me a very interesting perspective when it comes to trying to find remote work and helping people in that journey
1: welcome to the new nomad podcast hosted by alan and andrew of insured nomads join us as alan and andrew interview and explore the community of people and ideas that embody the nomadic spirit tune in to incredible discussions with thought leaders each week that will help you take full advantage of the cross-border remote work lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts.
2: Welcome to the new Nomad. Today, we have Jordan Carroll joining us, remote career coach, remote job club founder, somebody who's traveled to many different countries. I think we're going to have a really interesting conversation today. Anybody that I've read does any type of stand-up comedy is always going to be interesting, because certainly that puts yourself out there and some of the other interesting jobs that he's had, but certainly want to talk about remote job coaching, et cetera, today. But before we do that, I'd like to bring Andrew into the conversation My co-host Andrew Jernigan. Andrew, we've been watching the weather recently, heat advisories, flooding, fires, different things. And many of the people in our remote work environment, they pick locations that are bucolic and beautiful, but also either wooded or near rivers or near some of the things that we've seen. And we've had some inquiries about you know, evacuation, natural disaster, getaway kits, et cetera. I know you've been to many places. Maybe some of your thoughts on what's going on out there.
3: Yeah, that's, that's one of those things. That, um, good point, Alan. And hi, everybody. Thanks for joining in today. It's a wild ride when your situation changes drastically due to weather and other unforeseen situations when you're in a beautiful place. I recall a time I was going through the mountains in in, in Europe and had this rental car. It was this wonderful time. And all of a sudden I landed, I drove through Andorra. It's like, oh, this is beautiful. But there was only one road in from one side of the country. And that road out through into France and it started snowing. The roads shut from both directions and I was trapped. And, you know, I wasn't watching weather ahead of time. It's just one of those, you know, cyclone flooding in Germany, fires in Northern California and Oregon and th- things different to mine with natural disaster, but you know, even the thing of roads closing and you're stuck in a country longer than you anticipated. And that was our case. And it wasn't tourist season. So most of the hotels were closed. That scenario I described. So yeah, having a plan and being aware of what to do in that new surrounding, if the worst case scenario does happen.
2: Yeah, you know, we talk about situational awareness and certainly a lot of the tools that are presented to people nowadays. I mean, on your phone, you should have really great idea of what the weather is. Certainly other conditions out there. But I was just in St. Croix. People watch the weather constantly there because if a storm is coming, you might have to plan a week in advance to leave. It's not like you can put the whole island on planes. There's not a ton of ships, et cetera. I mean, it really is planning ahead. So I think it's a really interesting topic. I know we'll pick up more on that, but really to our audience out there, I guess the lesson we're learning is, you know, you really have to be situationally aware. And I think people are very surprised at places that you really haven't seen anything happen, you know, continue to happen now. I know Jordan, we'll bring Jordan to the conversation. I I think Jordan's in Northern California. California today, there's been issues and, and fires, et cetera. I've got family in Southern California where it's been hot and there's a drought. So there's no rest for the weary. But Jordan, welcome. We'd love you to give a little bit of your background. I know that while you might be perhaps in the States today, you've been in many different countries and been a remote job coach and worker, and you probably have a lot of interesting stories of your travels.
0: Yeah, Alan, Andrew, thank you so much, guys, for having me. And yeah, like you said, I was actually in Chico, Northern California, last week. Last Week for a bit of a time, and my family from that area actually two of my family members lost their homes during a fire two oh. years ago. Really bad fire there. Still waiting for payments from PG and E. A crazy situation. My family's fortunate enough to be, you know, fortunate enough that they were fortunate enough to survive and, and everything. But, but yeah, going on to my, you know, my particular journey. Been doing the remote thing for over seven years. More recently in the past four years or so, started taking that internationally. So I started off at a corporate company, IBM, if you ever heard of it. So that was like my first gig. And I I negotiated my job to be remote one day a week. That was the start of my whole remote journey. And then from there, I went fully remote with IBM at one point, unless I was at a customer site. I've worked in PR. I worked for Remote Year, a company that's fully distributed throughout the world. I've worked for a dating coach before. As you mentioned, I've done stand-up comedy. That was more of a hobby but yeah now there's like a lot of pressure for me to be funny so i don't no <laughs> I don't, worries I don't want that to, yeah i don't want that to be the pressure of this it's but all good a lot of different unique situations I've put myself in. And I think that's given me a very interesting perspective when it comes to trying to find remote work and helping people in that journey.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you touch upon, you know, it's hard to be funny on demand, but you know what, just having a good sense of humor is an important thing. And, you know, smiling, feeling good on things like that. And certainly, you know, given your background, especially probably early on in your career, when you started telemarketing, you probably could make a comedy routine just out of that experience alone. I was reading your LinkedIn profile. There was a couple of funny little lines in there, you know, kind of taking, through some of these these job progressions and, and you know yeah. in the remote
0: work world, what <laughs> what it brings to the table. I didn't even know I was remote. My first job, it was like I mean, my first remote job. I was looking on Craigslist for telemarketing. I had already had two side jobs. I was working at the cafeteria on the campus, and I was working on those. You ever been into Costco and you see those guys handing out the samples? I'm yes. one of those guys. I did that on the weekends, and then during the week, I worked on campus in the cafeteria, and I was interviewing for this insurance company. Funny enough. And they were like, yeah, we've got this other candidate. He's a great fit. He's already a year out of college. He's already got experience. We are worried that you don't have enough sales experience. So I said, you know what? I'm going to get some sales experience right now, right after the interview. I go on Craigslist and this is when Craigslist was really a thing. Yeah. He didn't maybe worry as much as he should have about being murdered, but yeah. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I find this ad on there for a telemarketing job and commission only. It's like, hey, you know, super easy onboarding, like probably could have been a scam in many different circumstances if I would have looked at it and it was for helping artists, like musicians get quote unquote PR so they get basically a placement on their website and I would sell these like 399 subscriptions that would end up charging their card like $60 the next month. Gotcha. So, yeah, so it wasn't I mean, it wasn't on the up and up. But let's just say that I learned my lesson, I worked I did the telemarketing calls for a few months and in between like my university course load and my other two part-time jobs just to try to prove it to that insurance company that I was willing to hustle. I didn't get the job, by the way. Oh. <laughs> they said that in the interview, I said the F word. And I do not remember saying that, but apparently I did.
2: Uh, well, listen, as an insurance executive, myself, we use the F word quite frequently, usually just among ourselves. It's one of those. But that's, that's the thing. <laughs> I, I mean, know. the guy
0: comes in, the hotshot yeah. VP, from Minnesota comes in, he gets loose, jibber jabbery, he start he was saying a lot of things that I you know.
3: No, it's it's, it's, so, it's, it's so you know, when you're you've lived in a lot of different countries and you've worked yeah. now consulting those living in a lot of countries, and people are just beginning now. You know, I've worked remotely for years. Alan has as well. Yeah. We lead a remote company, and this is not new for many. You know, Mm -hmm. talking to a friend of mine that has been working remotely for Liberty Mutual Insurance, a major global property and casualty insurance company. He's been working remotely for 30 something years with them. It's amazing. And it's for many, this is just normal. But yeah. a lot of other people, this is new and they're just looking into how can I do it? My company is saying, let's go back to the office. So they're saying, how can I get a remote job? How can I prepare for yep. it? And I think a lot of people think that the grass is going to be so much greener, but there's a lot of, you know, finding those words, the self-disciplines of the work skill. You know, when you do have that remote job, are you pouring 14 hours a day into it? Yeah. Are you- it's, I mean, it's
0: not for everyone, right? I think that's, right. I think, was, working Borken remote is not for everyone. And it's okay if it's not. I feel like there's all this pressure now on everybody. It's like, you have to have a remote job. It's like, ah, no, not really. Like there's a lot of people who like enjoy being in an office and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It all comes down to what you're saying, Andrew, is like self-awareness. If, if I can learn about myself and especially if you've learned about yourself during the past year and a half during this pandemic, you've probably learned some things about what you've liked about remote work, but then you also don't necessarily have the full perspective of what remote work is if you hadn't been doing it before for this because it's more than just being locked in your home and feeling like you can't go anywhere and, and having that restricted freedom. So I deal with people that are all over that spectrum. And like you said, there's so many people being called back to the office right now. That is what I'm getting the most is people that are like, I've had this taste. I'm never going back. And I think we're hitting this part of the innovation curve. I don't know if you're familiar with the innovation curve where you know basically you've got those early adopters. And I think we're stout now starting to move a little bit more into that mainstream where if a company's not, working on some sort of flexible work policy, they're going to get left behind.
2: Yeah, we, we've we heard a lot. Yeah, we think a lot of people are going to be going to hybrid, but I also think about it this way. Mm-hmm. The employees, I mean, who wants to get in a car, drive 45 minutes into a city to pay in a higher tax rate and then have to get in a car, drive 45 minutes home, pay for parking. I mean, all the things when you could be extremely productive yeah. at home. And I'm totally with you on that. When we were talking earlier, you talked about the concept of surrendering and kind of understanding mm-hmm. yourself. Could you share with our audience your thoughts on that also? Because I, I think it's a, really interesting concept. And I think it'd be great for you to share.
0: Alan, Andrew, I've been trying to control every damn thing of my life for as long as I can remember. It's the craziest thing because you don't even realize it, but there are these little micro moments in life where I feel like the other person thing, whatever has to happen in this specific way for me to be okay with it. And I've had some more recent experiences that have really proven to me that I need to just let go more and I need to surrender to what's happening. And I need to understand that everything's going to be okay. I had a recent breakup with someone who I was, you know, considering marrying and and, and spending my life with. And there was an intuitive part of me that said, this isn't the right thing for me right now. This isn't the right chapter for me. I need to start something new. I need to work on myself. I need to figure some of these things out. And part of that experience was surrendering to that intuition and saying, wow, like this feeling is really strong right now. And if I don't listen to it, I'm just going to continue to make myself more miserable. I'm going to resist against the universe. When you resist against the universe, that's when problems happen, (laughs) right? It's like, that's when your body starts getting sick. That's when disease happens. You know, all, all these things that we don't want are on the other side of that resistance.
3: Yeah. Well, I was actually in Northern California, not too far from you when I ended up having a heart attack and bypass surgery. And it just, I summarized it just because the book was so impactful with the phrase hurry is my enemy. Yep. And, you know, often I've got to tell myself, you know, where it's life is very seasonal and we've got to be okay with who we are and what that season is taking us through, what we're learning from it, the key people in it and being willing to take that journey and learn and change and realize, wow, I still have a lot to learn. Yeah. I was last year. Oh no, I made a lot of mistakes and I'm learning from them. And I get to say, I'm sorry. I apologize. I wish I hadn't done X or X and, and we'll do better next time. And I know I will, but it's that walking in that cadence of understanding when to say yes, when to say no, and when to
0: turn around and just go slow. That attachment piece to it is so tough too, because we just, feel like, at least from my personal experience, it was like, if, if I let this go, am I going to regret it? If, if I don't have this, then what do I have? And really everything that you have and need is already in there. It's already inside. So for me to be able to walk away from that relationship, which is still very fresh in my mind and you know, really respect and love her as a person and who she is and all that stuff. And maybe she'll, she'll probably listen to this, who knows? <laughs> but it's just interesting to see how some of my perspective has already changed from listening to myself in that way, even though from every outside perspective, it probably seems crazy.
2: Well, you know, you hit upon something that we hear quite frequently on this podcast is constant exploration. Mm -hmm. You know, letting things go, moving somewhere, doing something different, getting unique perspective on the world. You know, people are always searching. I mean, obviously both of you had very introspective thoughts there, which means we're constantly searching. There's a lot of people who don't do that, that, that may not have the cognitive dissonance even to look back on that. So that's really important to do. And I think the people that listen to this podcast tend to do that more than typical Because they're searching the world too. Don't you agree? And I mentioned, I thought it was interesting, you as a remote career coach, and I also was very impressed, you know, you have that remote job toolkit is, you know, a lot of this, probably when you're coaching is about exploring deeper what you want to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Share a little bit with your remote job toolkit and and some of the coaching that you do that you think is really impactful. Because I think a lot of it comes from the heart.
0: Yeah, I'll say this. A lot of people come for tools and tactics, but don't realize that they don't have the foundation. They don't have the mindset to believe that they're going to be successful or they don't have some sort of confidence in their ability to do it. And everything starts with that. It all starts with you literally being able to say, this is possible for me. And sometimes that's tough because of rejection, right? You've been applying and not getting a response or not feeling like you have enough experience it's being told by your family that, you know, this isn't something that you can do, uh, not having any peers surrounding you that are doing the types of things that you want to do. I mean, all of us probably take that for granted now that, you know, we're in these nomadic communities and we get to talk to interesting people. And like, I feel like I could do anything in the world, right? Like, that's great. But it's sometimes I have to put myself in the frame of mind of I'm talking to somebody who is really down right now. They're not feeling like they can do the thing that they want to do. So, yeah, the offerings that I have, I have. things that range from, you know, the free toolkit where there's a bunch of different eBooks that will teach you how to optimize your LinkedIn and, you know, use those keywords for those things, change the settings so that you're findable network, you know, some of the stuff that's more strategic. There's also, you know, a subscription service that I offer where people can subscribe monthly and pay and get coaching to help them through that. There's an accelerator I have that's more like, I want to do this fast and I want to have high access to me. That happens over the course of two months. So I offer different options depending on where people are at. The problem is I noticed a lot of times when they're not able to classify their problem correctly. (laughs) So like you ask somebody, so what do you think is the issue in your search? And because they've been getting no feedback and because they have no reference point, they're like, oh, well, like my resume isn't that good. It's like, okay, well, let's take a look at that. (laughs) What might be going on deeper than just your resume is not good. Because there's so many other things. If you're using a very reactive job search strategy, for instance, and all you do is 15 minutes every couple of days, go on to a job board and click easy apply, that's also a problem, right? So it's a lot of ways to try to diagnose that. I won't go into all those, but my high level answer to that would be a lot of people don't really actually know what their problem is. And I offer a range of different things to try to help them get that awareness of what that issue really is.
3: Well, Jordan, you've been in this journey for a number of years and you've helped people to the next steps in their journey. What's the, this is the question that we ask every all of our guests and it really varies because it's a wide range of, mm-hmm responses that you can give. What's the one overlooks person blazed experienced book that you you know that you feel like
0: people should discover? It could be yeah you know that's very wild. I got one. I definitely got one. I would throw a disclaimer that there are people who should not do it and that people should always do their due diligence prior to doing something like this. But ayahuasca, I've done ayahuasca seven times now, and it is the ultimate tool for me to be able to, it's very much on theme with everything we've been talking about, learn surrender, learn self-awareness, get us, you know, a sense into some of my blind spots, open up new perspectives, new portals to new dimensions. Like it's a crazy tool. If you're able to do it in a controlled environment with people that you trust, I have a couple of spiritual guides in which I, I do at least one or two yearly explorations with ayahuasca. And if it does call you, I recommend figuring out if you're healthy enough to do it because there are certain health conditions that you're not, but that would be my recommendation.
2: Fantastic. Well, that, this has been really enlightening, so, why don't you share quickly how people can find The Remote Job Coach and stay in touch with yeah. you? And certainly you have a great LinkedIn profile. I figured that that would be a great place for people to start, but Jordan, where else can yeah. folks find you?
0: Yeah, LinkedIn's great at Jordan Carroll, but uh theremotejobcoach.com, you can get to every single link that I own possibly from there. So that's like the central hub for everything.
2: Great. We appreciate your time today. Learned a lot and very interesting. And I I think we went to a couple of really interesting places. So Andrew, as we tie things together, what did we learn today? And we'd love your quick overview.
3: One of my takeaways, emotional control. I'm so glad Jordan emphasized this because we are prone with everything that's happening around us with the pace that oftentimes the roller coaster presents us. And sometimes we're in that line. We don't even realize it. So when our turn comes, we just get on that roller coaster, not realizing that, whoa, that was the line I was in. I thought I was in the line for the spa. Yeah. 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 And all of a sudden, we're on this roller coaster. So it's the thing of, you know, meditating, taking the time out to calm yourself, to what you're breathing, to, you know, create those moments every day to slow down. And I'm glad Jordan brought the different flavor. And because we're all so unique, I'm glad there's not a cookie cutter because culturally and Emotionally, psychologically, as we grow, I'm, I'm walking away with, I think, that re-emphasis of control our emotions and meditate.
2: Yeah, I mean, I picked up that really, and many of us talk about this, it's just a deeper exploration of ourselves. So a lot of people that listen the remote community out there, they explore the outside world by going to unique locations, doing unique things. But also, you need all to also explore yourself and your motivation. So good stuff today. So great, great podcast. We want to remind everybody, The New Nomad's not just a podcast. It's a community of people, ideas, and spirit, helping you take advantage of that location-independent lifestyle. We look forward to you looking in at us at the thenewnomad.net or insurance nomads.com but please stay well keep sharing your best adventure with others we look forward to meeting you down that road have a great rest of your day
1: thanks for tuning in to the new nomad podcast where we bring together an incredible community of people and ideas that embody the nomadic spirit please remember to subscribe and leave a review for more amazing tips to help you take advantage of the cross-border lifestyle please visit us at insurednomads.com forward slash podcast see you next week